Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the I Love Frank White podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Kayla Cat. What's up? It's Kayla Cat. Hey, I like that. That was smooth. Um, so today we have an interesting subject. Today we're going to talk about retaliation. So without further ado, let's get right into the subject. Kayla Cat is going to go first. I am. I want you I... to tell me about a time that you experienced in your younger years with retaliation. My first memory of retaliation, mm-hmm. and this is like, I think one of the defining moments of my personality. Mm. It's what made me like the Kayla Cat that I am today. I heard that. Um, so, my aunt was engaged to a man named William, mm-hmm. and he gave me $10 to mm-hmm. do all these chores. Mm-hmm. And I was like nine years old, mm-hmm. and this $10 was like... You know, ten dollars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and at school, they they had these things. They would uh, after lunch, they would have a person who sold candy, and of course, mm-hmm. everything was like twenty five cents, fifty cents for this sucker, a mm-hmm. dollar for like this big candy bar, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. um, I didn't really have a whole lot of friends, mm-hmm. uh, but these girls had kind of started to um, gravitate towards me, mm-hmm. and I guess I wanted to buy their friendship. I guess mm-hmm. not really want to buy their friendship, but I had the money, and I kind of felt like. These are my friends now, and if I have $10, I'm going to spend, you know, 50 cent is nothing, 30 mm. cent is nothing, you know. Loyalty. Loyalty yeah. right I, I want to take care of my crew. Heard that. And um, my my $10 didn't last that long oh, no. um, between, you know, the few girls that it was. And I remember when I t- they asked me in class, hey, what do we want to buy, at, you know, a lunch date? I'm like, well, I don't have any money. You guys have any money? And they're like, oh, we don't have any either. We thought you were balling. Oh, wow. <laughs> so... I'm like, oh, I guess we're not having anything. Just because you held them down one time. Yeah, right. I mean, a few times, actually. Yeah. It was $10. Oh, shit. I don't talk about it. <laughs> yeah, right? <You> big balling. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I was passing out. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, like All Jesus right. with those fish. Wow. So, it got dark. It got dark real quick. All right, so, ahead. yeah, I'm passing it out. And um, I told these girls that I didn't have any money that particular day. And they were mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Lunchtime ends. I cannot find them. Whoa. That, like they just nowhere to be found. They mm-hmm. basically just abandoned me, you know. So I go and I find them, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Hey, what happened? You guys just left me." And they're like, uh, "Oh, you didn't have any money for snacks, did you?" And I'm like, "No, but what the hell to do with us hanging out?" And they mm-hmm. were like, "Well, why should we hang out with you? We can't even get any snacks." What? They really said that to me. Oh no. Nah. So either I was just like. Not a desirable friend. Yeah, but <laughs> or, they was using you for Right, or they just were, like, using me, and yeah. it didn't really matter if I was a good friend or not. Yeah. So, I I feel like, because I still remember it, I'm mm-hmm. 27 now, mm-hmm. um, that that was just one of those defining moments in your life when you really realize that, you know, you have to learn one of those hard lessons that a lot of people aren't who they say they are. At all. And they don't, they want something from you. They're not just there to enjoy Right. That was are. the first time I remember like feeling used, mm-hmm. you know, the first time in my life I felt mm-hmm. like this is what it feels like when somebody just takes, you know, they just, they're around you because they want something from you. Mm-hmm. So from that point on, I always kept male friends mm-hmm. and very few close, female you know, like no, yeah. very few female friends in general. Like mm-hmm. they were mostly like associates, Damn. but I just kept few friends, like, That's you real. know, just one or two. Mm-hmm. So even in high school, I was that person who just had that one good friend. I didn't socialize too much. I didn't hang out with a bunch of different people. And I think mm-hmm. it really shaped my mistrust mm-hmm. of people's intentions mm-hmm. to always look at people like, you know, they could be telling the truth. They could mm-hmm. not be telling the truth. They could mm-hmm. be innocent. They could be guilty. Just mm-hmm. always look at people for who, what they are and not what they're saying. You know, just more about their actions and their habits. Mm-hmm. Even though I was nine years old, it was something I 
I really incorporated into my life from that point on. That you just had to learn. That, you know, I always had to be leery mm-hmm. and I had to make people state their intentions with me. Mm-hmm. I'm the kind of person you say, I love you. And I'm like, why? That's real. You know, that's, that's my real. that's my first reaction. It's yeah. not like, oh, my goodness, I love you, too. I've been mm-hmm. waiting for you to say that. Mm-hmm. My re- my reaction is, please tell me, like, some valid reasons why I should accept what you're saying and to believe me. believe it. Word. Right. Instead Word. of just believing you for what you're, what you're saying to yeah. me right now. So That's a valid, man, that's crazy. You made me think of a story in high school. I have two stories, but I'm going to get to the first one first. Um, this is a little less gory than the second story. The first story I have, um, I remember in high school... Uh, I had just gotten to this school, right? I, I, I moved around a whole lot growing up. I think by the, by the time I reached ninth grade, I've been at like 13 different schools. Like, we used to move all the time. Sometimes we'd be in a country for three months, a year, two years, whatever, whatever. But this one school I went to, somebody had made up... A, I made friends with this group of people, and then somebody made up a story to my to these new friends that I had saying that I had tried to smash one of my friend's girls. And it was completely untrue. But it was so real that everyone turned on me at the school. Wow. And I remember people were about to come physically assault me. So I took my pops' scuba diving knife and I went to school with it tucked under my sweater. Because there was no one for me to call. I didn't have no big brothers or nothing. So, and when, when word got around that I had the scuba diving knife around my neck, nobody ever played with me again. Because <laughs> they understood to what level I was ready to retaliate. And I think that... <laughs> Looking back now, I realize that that was kind of an unhealthy way to deal with the situation. But school can really make you feel alone. Yeah. You know, your parents leave you there. You're, you're around strangers. You don't know what people's intentions are. And that was the first time that I'd ever experienced something completely out of my control happening. And people believe in it, you know? Like, up until that point, and I think this was like 7th or 8th grade or something. But, like, up until that point, like... Everyone was pretty much who they said they were. You know what I'm saying? And you could figure out who you want to hang out with and whatever. But that's when I realized that uh, public opinion can completely shift. And whoever you think is your friend can completely turn on you. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I just remember the energy. I remember the energy of the whole school just being like, oh, man, you're a terrible person. Da, da, da. <laughs> and I was like, damn, y'all ain't even hear my side of the story or nothing. Nope. And I think the whole story stemmed from this dude who was upset that I had gotten so close to this other guy. And so he wow. made up a story about me trying to smash his girlfriend to ruin our friendship. And because I was new to the school, it was easy to believe him. He had been at that school for a few years. So what happened with the guy? Well, I mean, I I eventually confronted him, you know, for my own sake, and I'm, I forced him to admit to me that he had made it up, but no one else heard that confession, you yeah. know what I'm saying? So, and that was fine with me, because as long as I knew <clears throat> the truth, that was fine with me, you know? Okay. Um, wow. <laughs> wasn't that crazy? When you think about school, you really don't think about retaliation, but mm-hmm. I, now that we're actually talking about it, I can recall a number of times where I've never been a confrontational kind of person, right? Mm-hmm. I've always felt like my physical safety is a lot more important than me fighting you or feeling like I have to get this out. And Facts. personally, I always felt like a fight was over a little bit too soon. Facts. If I want to hurt you, I guess be, that's just me. I feel like I'm going to actually do some damage. I'm not going to just punch you and hurt myself or mm-hmm. get myself suspended. I just never understood kids like that. Mm-hmm. Like, you got a problem with someone. We can mm-hmm. wait after school, but they would mm-hmm. do it right there. And I'm like, mm-hmm. why would you get yourself why? in trouble? You it know, worked, like, you, you could just sit back and really think about how you're going to hurt this person. Why would you <laughs> really plot. <laughs> right. You can really plot on it. I right. would spend hours, like, doing stuff like that. <laughs> <Just, laughs> you spent hours plotting? 
these girls in my sixth grade class had this notebook mm -hmm. and they made it very clear that they were talking about people they mm -hmm. would pass it and mm -hmm. they would laugh and giggle and point and you know make people feel uncomfortable but it was their notebook mm -hmm. the teacher was like I can't make them stop writing in their notebook on their downtime that's mm -hmm. their notebook you mm -hmm. know what I mean mm -hmm. but it was one of those things in class everyone knew what it was but it was something you couldn't do anything about but mm -hmm. I felt that I knew it made everybody uncomfortable and mm. it had made me uncomfortable a few times mm. because I'm like, what are they talking about? Why are they looking at us? Who are they giggling about? And of course mm. these are like the popular girls. Mm. So nobody wanted to say anything to them or get on their bad side, I guess. So mm. I wandered in after recess, mm -hmm. not even after recess, during recess actually. Mm. And I got that notebook. Mm. I took it out of the desk. What? I took it home. That's crazy. I buried it in my stuff so that if even if they started looking around, they wouldn't, you know, find mm. out who had it. That's crazy. Yeah, I was always like real conniving like that. So even though I took something from those girls, mm. I feel like I gave the classroom something else. Mm. Of course, at the time, I didn't think they can just grab another notebook. <laughs> well, I feel powerful as hell. Like, That's crazy. I got it. What did you do with the notebook? Oh, you know I took it home and read everything. No way. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Are you serious? I found out a lot of secrets. Oh, my God. A lot. The popular girls were hoes. Did, oh, okay. I now mean, you're making me think of another story. <laughs> well, well, what did you do? So you never returned the book or nothing? No, I watched them search for it. I watched them panic about who had things? it, who would read it. Oh, my goodness. Who's going to find it? I kept a still poker face, and I was jumping oh inside. Like, oh as much as retaliation is bad, it, mm -hmm. it is bad. Mm -hmm. Can we lie and say it doesn't feel good, oh though? Oh, my God, that is terrible. I mean, Tupac said it best. <laughs> Revenge is <laughs> the sweetest joy. Listen, okay, now you got me thinking about another high school moment before I get into this gory adulthood moment. Um, so, in high school, um, I think I was introduced to a lot of things too fast. And... Um, so by the time I was like 14, so I lost my virginity at 12, but by the time I was like 14, 15, I was highly sexually active. And this is, this is a story about how I deserve retaliation to be done to me. Mm -hmm. And I, and I think that some people that hear this, that went to school with me are going to be like, what? So I went to, so I was in high school and I was, I was, I was hell bent on messing up other people's relationships. Cause at the time, you know, when you discover your charm, when you just, whatever it is, is your, if you at the age that you discover, maybe you're like a really good looking kid or you're really funny or whatever oh, your skill your is. Your gym. Yeah. yeah. You figure out what your what your skill is around like 15, 16. You figure out what it is that people are drawn to about you. Mm -hmm. Mine was charm. I realized that I could be charming. I don't know what happened since then, but I know that <laughs> around that time I was hella charming. Oh, so, you definitely still got it. Do I? Oh, yeah, Thank definitely. Thank the Lord. I thought I was losing it. Get your hair. These grades are kicking <laughs> in, you know? Um, but so I charmed. So I... I was real. I discovered that I could be charming, and I really took it too far. I was out here trying to charm everybody's girl, <laughs> and um, it got to a point. I'm, I don't want to even get specific details. I just I'm gonna keep it as general as possible okay. to not put anybody's business out there. But um, my friend, who was an older classmate, she ran a school newspaper, and she was in. She had just gotten the job at the school newspaper, and she wanted to spice it up, so she decided she was gonna create a gossip column. Oh my goodness. But here's the thing. She came to me because she, and she was like my platonic friend, but she knew, she would, she was basically, she would always constantly get me out of trouble. She was always looking out for me, basically. Um, because at that school, older classmates could get you out of trouble. Like if, if, if something happened, it was okay. kind of a way of getting students to connect with somebody that's, that like they feel is their peer. Program. Exactly. <laughs> so she would, I would get kicked out of class for some stupid shit. And then she would come get me and tell the teachers that she's disciplining me. But whole time we would sit at the journal, <laughs> journal room 
and I would tell her to gossip about the school. So I would tell her oh, whose girlfriend I was smashing, who who you know who's cheating on who, and I would literally just feed her tea. And like a, a lot of the girls that I was smashing at the time, um, had boyfriends a lot, and and then even my homegirls that I wasn't smashing, they were cheating and stuff like that. So I basically told her everybody's business, <laughs> and including my own, and I made her like change the stories a little bit so that it was hard to figure out who was being mm-hmm. talked about but basically these these gossip columns would come out and the whole school would try to figure out how the hell their business right. was on front street <laughs> and nobody ever knew that I was the one feeding her all the information that is so cool it got so wild that they had to shut it down because like there were fights and things like serious repercussions started yeah. happening so I say that to say that kids can be cruel, including myself. So if, if you're in <laughs> high school listening to this, please try to be the best version of yourself. Right. Because I definitely deserve retaliation for that. And I apologize to whoever hears this and feels like I may have hurt them with their relationship or their developmental, whatever. I really apologize um, because I was, uh, I was a savage. And as messed <laughs> up as it is, though, and that's just a part of school mm-hmm. and you just happen to be one of those bad parts i was I, and you know the people that that i went to high school with they don't even recognize me now like because i was i was such i was such a villain that's like the nicest <laughs> way i could put it i was such a terrible you were i was just a, mischievous i was a threat you understand like if i wasn't trying to fuck somebody's girl i was just doing all type of dumb shit you know wow so i really apologize to those who knew me back then <laughs> because i'm not the same person now <laughs> the funny thing about high school for me is i was like i was a good girl mm. i mean i had my little stuff i did on the side when i got a lot older okay but for most of high school i was i was pretty good mm. i guess to the teachers mm. <laughs> but mm. i did something really really mean mm. and to this day i still feel kind of bad about it mm. just because i know what that kind of behavior can do mm. Basically, and I don't call it bullying. I st- I'm going to tell you. I'm gonna tell okay, you what let's go. Okay. There, was this, the there was this girl, and um, I don't even remember her name at this point, but she, she always was talking. She was mm-hmm. like one of those people who would insert herself into people's conversations. Yeah, just kind of always. And mm-hmm. she was always the kind of person that people would move away from when they were talking because they didn't want her to feel the need to join in. Mm-hmm. And so... We had all started to get really, like, fed up with it. She was very opinionated. I think one day I was uh, standing in line. I was talking about what color I wanted to dye my hair because mm-hmm. my aunt's rule in our house was no hair dye until you're 15. Mm-hmm. So I was on the cusp of 15, oh, about you know, 14 and 3, 4.5 mm-hmm. quarters. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I think I might go orange. I might go blue. I might go burgundy. I mean, she mm-hmm. can't stop me. <laughs> I'm 15. <laughs> <laughs> you're you the queen of the world. Right. So I'm talking to a friend of mine about this. And she comes up and she says, Red, you're gonna put red in your hair. You are too dark for that. You cannot pull that off. Who you think you are? I think she asked me about, I think I was Keisha Cole or something. (laughs) Like, she, like, it was some other, Mm. it was a celebrity that she kind of compared me to. Like, do you think that's who you are? Do you Mm. you pull that red hair off? And I'm just like, ridiculous. Who was even talking to you? Like, whatever your name is. I forgot her name. (laughs) So, I um, I had a class with a bunch of girls after that gym class, Mm. and we all had like a social studies class. And I was like, we should all get a petition mm-hmm. and sign it and oh. say that we don't want her to speak to us anymore. Oh, wow. So I wrote it out. We think you should stop talking to us. <laughs> when we're in the class, with, when we're anywhere with you, mm-hmm. please don't speak to us. Mm-hmm. This is our petition saying we want you to not speak mm-hmm. unless you're talking to yourself. That's crazy. <laughs> and um, we all signed it and we put it in her desk. Wow. With her name on it so that she would, you know, definitely know it was hers and, mm-hmm. and open it. And she brought it to the teacher. Mm-hmm. 
Now, how she knew it was me, I still don't know <laughs> because I was very discreet. I was I was that kid who was always hanging out in teachers' classes, like between classes, like, mm-hmm. "Hey, Mister So and So, what's going mm-hmm. on today?" I'm the kid is asking you about like, "How's your wife?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was that weirdo. Oh my god! <laughs> I was that nerd. You had like the adult relationship, man. right? Yeah. I'm that nerd looking like one of the teachers type That's stuff. So, funny. so I was very discreet, and mm-hmm. it was not like unusual for me to like be in a classroom first before mm-hmm. everybody else, mm-hmm. or hang out after everybody else mm-hmm. is almost at their other class. So, there was no way That's they so could tell funny. it was me, but I think she knew because of that little altercation <laughs> we had. This is definitely, yeah, right. Yeah. So, my teacher, uh, <laughs> he reads it. Oh, no. Oh, no. And he looks at me. Oh, no. And then he, he rips it up. Oh, thank goodness. He throws it in the trash can. Mm-hmm. And he kind of gives me this, like, very disappointed look. Like, yeah, because he knew it was, Michelle, it was almost this bullying. is just... Yeah. This is just wrong. Come on, Kate. Right? Right. Don't do it. Don't do it. So I feel bad because that was the wrong way to handle that. And Mm. that could have probably had an impact on her self esteem. Mm. I never talked to her after that. So (laughs) she she damn sure didn't talk to us after that. I can imagine. (laughs) Right? I can imagine. That's pretty crushing, though. Yeah, as an an adult, I, I can look back and say. That was wrong. Yeah. But as a 14-year-old... You was in the right. I felt like, if we don't want you talking to us, <laughs> we don't want you talking to us. <laughs> you know? I'd like to say, whoever you are, if you're listening and, and you realize it's you that we're talking about, we deeply apologize for... I do apologize yeah. because I know how that, that stuff can have an impact. It's lasting. Yo, right. Those are the formative years. Everything that happens from middle school to high school, those are the formative years. You know and we're still recalling stuff that happened to us that shaped Fact. us. So... Yo, it's so funny. You just made me think of another story. Before I get to the gory, really This is like one. the 19th story you did. I know. We want to hear the good one. Okay, wait. Before <laughs> I get to that one, I just have to say, this is one other example of me dodging retaliation. When I was in Haiti, um, I did, I can speak on Haiti because, because that's like my favorite place. One of the favorite places I've ever lived. But I was in like 8th and ninth grade in Haiti. And when I got to Haiti, um, my first day of school, I met this girl named Isabel. And Isabel, I consider her my close friends. They they know how how deeply I feel about her. She's she's one of the loves of my life. You know what I'm saying? She's one of the girls that got the girl that got away. She's one of those. Mm-hmm. And um, but before we ever had anything romantic, we had a ten year friendship. So from like eighth grade, uh, ten years after that, we was solid. I fucked it up eventually, like I always do. But um, <laughs> so she was right to end her friendship and relationship with me. And Isabel, if you hear this, you know I'm sorry. But anyway, um, so Isabel, uh, again, 10 years friendship, and we eventually got into a relationship, and that failed. But at the start of everything, like my first week in school, I think it was like eighth grade, uh, Isabel was real nice to me. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know nobody. She was real, real sweet to me. And at the end of the day, I was leaving, and I don't know what possessed me. I really don't know what possessed me, but I walked up to her, and I smacked her on the ass. Wow. I don't know why I did... To this day, I don't know why I did that. Now, she has this phenomenal ass, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but at that time, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know what possessed me to do that. I didn't know nobody at that school. She had been the nicest person to me that day, and I just smacked her on the ass. So, boom, the whole school found out about it, and her older brothers had had best friends that were still attending school, all seniors, and I'm in eighth grade. These fools was about to put hands and feet on me. And Isabel, being the nice person that she is, stopped them right before they beat the living dog shit out of me. They literally surrounded me and approached me and were ready to beat me up. And she told them to, to not do it. 
Wow. So, Isabel, thank you for saving me from my ass whooping on my first day of school in Haiti. Um, but I definitely do deserve retaliation for that because that was the dumbest shit I ever did. Or one of, because it's a lot more. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I feel like stuff like that, eh, it happens. Yeah. It's dumb. You know, it's you, you do stupid. it. I really don't know why I did that. I've yeah. never done that before or after to somebody that I just met. The one time I did something that was just completely unfair. Mm-hmm. Now, like I said, I was always a good girl. Mm-hmm. And this is elementary school. Mm-hmm. Um, when recess was over, mm-hmm. somebody would open the doors from the inside. And mm-hmm. then there's two people on the outside who hold the doors open. And then everybody goes in. And mm-hmm. then you get to go in last because mm-hmm. you were holding the door. Mm-hmm. So that was like a big thing. Mm-hmm. People just want to stay on the playground as long as they could. Mm-hmm. So this girl was on the outside of the door and I was on the inside of the door because for some reason I never liked going out for recess. Like I would go out every once in a while but mm-hmm. I would sneak off and just like walk around the school, go to mm-hmm. the places in the school that we don't use anymore. Just mm-hmm. like the, the darkest corners. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to be by myself a, a lot. Mm-hmm. So I was inside the school and mm-hmm. she was outside the door ready to be one of the people holding the door open. Mm-hmm. So I opened the door mm-hmm. and instead of just walking out I tell her this is my door. What? <laughs> And I know how it is, so I know she must have been standing there probably the whole recess period just so she could hold that door. What? And I begin to like beat her up. Like, what? I, I again I begin to assault her. You know. <laughs> Did you just I mean, begin to assault her? Not really. Hey, yo, this took a turn. I mean, not really not beat Kayla her up, Kat. but like you know, smacking her hands no. and trying to get her hands off the door. Like, hey, this is my door. <laughs> and you know, by the time we're like into it, one of the teachers comes over and um. I completely play innocent. No. I'm I'm the good girl, so I'm like, I don't know what happened. She oh started my. attacking me. No. <laughs> and they're like, they're like you. They're like, no, not exactly. Not you. No. no, we know that she didn't start it because she's perfect. Oh, this, no. <laughs> this poor girl. This girl was like, she wasn't a kid who got in trouble. Mortified. Right. She wasn't a kid who got in trouble a lot, but she damn sure wasn't an angel like I was. Oh, no. So when it came down to them deciding who had really started it. Yeah. They decided it was her. Oh, that's so foul. Whole yeah. time you had started. It, I had started because I hey, wanted yo, to hold so... that door. <laughs> that's so foul. So they tell her to get in line and, you know, Michelle's going to hold the door. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> I hold it. <laughs> and she, as she's going in with her class, she mm-hmm. says, after school. Oh, well, all right. <laughs> Good for her. But standing up to your bullying ass. And you know what I did first thing after school. You dipped out. I got Tiffany and I got out of there. Hey, shout out to Tiffany. <laughs> Tiffany for those of y'all is, that don't know, Tiffany is Kayla Cat's sister. That's my big sister. Absolutely beautiful, beautiful woman. <laughs> Salute to Tiffany. That's crazy. I was like, yeah. Um, now, my my sister would kind of walk ahead. Mm-hmm. And um, it was so many kids that went to our school that lived on our street. You mm-hmm. were never going to be walking by yourself. Heard that. You know, so Heard it was kind of like. My sister would kind of go ahead, like, I'm not waiting on you. I'm not going to wait for you to come out to the classroom. Or sometimes it'd be vice versa. I'm like, you guys are, you know, socializing. I'm going home. So my sister usually, me and my sister usually didn't walk together. But this day I found her. (laughs) You were south outside? I found her. I was outside our classroom. Like, are you ready to go? Because I'm ready. Would you like to hold my hand? Would you like to hold my hand? So you motherfucker, you started the whole shit. This girl is uh, standing by the tree where she told me to meet her. Oh no! Um, with her, like, I- I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't know if that was a girl or a boy. <laughs> <laughs> could have been her sister breathe. or a brother. I can't breathe. <laughs> it really could have been her sister hey, or her yo, brother. Chill. That's od. So um. The girl sees me and she sees my sister and <laughs> she kind of like motions towards her big mm-hmm. 
person. Kind of like, you know, we can still do this. Yeah. I got my brother yeah. sister and you yeah. got your sister yeah. and we can go. So I convinced my sister, uh, there's like four interested in exes, you know, out of the school. Mm-hmm. So I convinced my sister, like, let's, let's go over here. Mm-hmm. Let's walk this way. Mm-hmm. And I kind of avoided the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And you know, my heart is beating on my chest. Like any moment she's gonna walk up behind she's me and go and just hit me in the head. Go. Nothing happened. Me and my sister walk home. And I guess they walked home. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever see her again the next day? I mean, I seen her around, but, but you, she never she never approached me about it again. Real talk, yeah. real talk. You know what she realized? She realized you were finesse, and there's just no way around it. Not right. only did you finesse and get in trouble, but you finessed out of getting because she a tried fight. to swing on me in there, even in the she yard. I'd have been again. like, oh. "Here we go again." <laughs> you would have put on a performance. You, you know, I would have fainted. <laughs> I deserve all the retaliation. <laughs> I deserve the ass beating so from is, the he, she, and, <laughs> and from the girl I went to school with. This is basically, this podcast episode is about apologizing to people right. that we have done damage to. <laughs> no, I'm not saying, okay, he, she was like, probably offensive, and I don't mean uh-huh. that in like a disrespectful I way. Saying, I mean like, a, I don't dis- know. What, what, what I wasn't was sure, yeah. you know, what that was. Heard you. But um, we'd like to apologize to the young lady who definitely deserved to fade from you. You know what? I feel like I'm, I probably made her bitter. She had a really old name, like Veretta or something. <laughs> I remember just being like really old with the V, like Victoria. Listen, Ethel. <laughs> right, wherever you Wanda, are in the world. Wanda, wherever you at. Rashonda, we know you are old, <laughs> a, 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 a fade, and definitely we apologize. Apology. We apologize for, for uh, Michaela Katz's immaturity. I was and, a child. Uh, I don't. She was a child, so obviously immaturity is <laughs> No, but great. honestly, just like you said, you had realized your charm. Yeah. That was when I realized. Your finesse powers. That was my finesse hey, powers. Hey, look, that's I what was, it is. I was sneaky. Exactly. You realize your skill, and then you, you abuse it a little bit, and then you learn to reel it in as you get older. Right. You know what I'm saying? So nothing wrong with discovering what your skill is, but it's definitely <laughs> wrong to put somebody in trouble knowing you started the shit. So, but that was a hilarious story. I don't know what. It is about retaliation, but for me, it's been like a, a major part of my life. It's mm-hmm. always been for me, like the way I I, I create balance. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not seeing myself get like did wrong in any way, mm-hmm. and then me just being like, well, you know, God will handle him. <laughs> You'd be like, I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm the judge, the jury, <laughs> executioner. I'm going to handle it my way. So you don't let go and let God is what you're saying. <laughs> I do not. I mean, no. We talked about this earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a conversation, you and I, like six months ago, right? Mm-hmm. And we were sitting down, and you asked me, uh, <laughs> you asked me what I do wrong. We don't talk about this. Let's I said, uh, no, nah, I was like, yeah, I'm perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember you like, what? Nah. <laughs> That's and I funny. said, the only thing I do is send poop mm. to people who piss me off. So we're gonna talk about that. Let's I, talk about. I it. think we should. Okay. Well, here we go. So you wanted to send feces to somebody that pissed okay. you off. Okay, these are not my feces. Let's, re- let's clarify. Let's be let's, clear. Let's back let's it up. Let's be clear. There is a website. Mm-hmm. Called, Are we going to shout them out right now? I think we should. Let's get it. Um, they provide a great service. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's a website called www.poopsenders.com. Mm-hmm. Hey, yo. Now, <laughs> Say that one more time for the listeners. www.poopsenders.com. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Now, that's cow dung. Wow. You get the sour type of feces? Yes, elephants. No way. They have, um, oh hey, my goodness, what's the third one? We fighting there's cow, some elephant dung. We fighting Cow, the elephant, and then there's, um, oh my goodness, I'm like blanking out. Is it human on as an option? On the third one. Um, wow, no, it's not. No, thank the Lord. Now, they get this um, from farms. 
<laughs> Gorilla. Oh, hey, yo. No. That's the next. That's the last hey, one. Son, no, I swear. Somebody <laughs> send me some gorilla poop. Just, I'm shooting your house up. No, they get this from um, farms and they get it from like zoos, stuff like that. And I'm, I'm guessing the zoo is like, oh, they probably want to fertilize some uh, grass or something, mm-hmm. <laughs> but they don't even know. Jesus. So, um, <laughs> yeah, you can uh, you can send either one of those. You can send a combo pack. Mm-hmm. And you can send it as big as you want, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like the best part. If mm-hmm. you want to send like a gigantic, like oversized thing of poop, like I don't care if they throw it in the trash. They have to go and physically get rid of that. Mm-hmm. Like they can't just put that in the trash and walk away. Mm-hmm. I want to see you nineteen quarts. Wow. I really want you to have a hard time with this. Wow. But no, personally, I've never sent something that big. But in my adult life, I'm not even gonna lie. When I discovered, I don't even, I couldn't even tell you how I discovered these people. Wow. I, I don't even remember. Mm-hmm. But people have made me mad, mm-hmm. you know, uh, on the job, mm-hmm. at home, mm-hmm. maybe even in a relationship or two. Mm-hmm. And um, that has been one of the ways I have retaliated. Like, I've, wow. honestly, the look on their face when they open that box of poop is. Uh, Wait, so you have actually sent somebody one I actually have. Was it Gorilla? poop uh now this particular poop? time you know i didn't have a lot of money mm-hmm. and <laughs> <laughs> what you had enough i said the cheap, <laughs> i said the cheapest one oh, which was this is the cow dog <laughs> which i feel like that's the cheapest one because it's probably the easiest to obtain <laughs> and we talk about retaliation you i really? feel like this is at the top of the chart hey, right listen, here i respect you so much for being honest but mm-hmm. i can't believe you really did that though that's crazy tell me why it's crazy it's OD, like feces. feces People is such slash really each other's tires. Line. Listen, I'm not gonna judge you because you just judge me. <laughs> I'm not gonna judge you because it's like, I mean, it, I just can't believe that that's like, it blows my mind. I'm not gonna judge you, you know what I'm saying? But I just feel like that's a crazy. That's a wild thing to do, son. You really sense I feel somebody like people something. only judge right after they say, I'm not going to judge you. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking Let at your eyes right that. now. I'm judging the shit out of you, buddy. You're like, that's crazy. And you send like... feces to somebody. That's crazy. It, you know what? But you're right. It though. is people, crazy. People do be slashing tires and doing and all And putting sugar in gas Look, tanks, listen, Snickers in the place. This is the last story I'm going to tell before I tell my ultimate gory retaliation story. As an adult, recently, I was in a relationship. <clears throat> I was in a relationship as an adult. And... Someone who had had a history with the person that I was dating um, got a little aggressive with the woman that I loved, you know? Um, So I packed all my dirty clothes that I was ready to throw away, and I booked a hotel room in the neighborhood, and I was ready to um, physically do serious damage on another fellow adult. And I'm glad it didn't go to that place because I've gone way further in my past, but even now... The ability to retaliate on an extreme level is still in me. Even though I feel like I've grown and I'm enlightened and I'm peaceful, in my mind, I had I had it set that I was going to pull up on this dude and beat his break, beat him up. He wasn't even going to see me coming. He wasn't going to know who it was that assaulted him. But I was going to beat the dog shit out of this nigga. And I'm very happy. <laughs> I'm very happy it didn't go to that, but I was fully ready. I had my dirty clothes. I was going to throw them away after I beat him up. No traces of DNA or nothing. I had it all mapped out of my head. And I do know, I remember hearing a Nipsey also interview where he was like, we have to change the way we react to disrespect. And that's real. But at that time, I was right. fully ready. Well, your mind you know is saying? like in a certain point. And that's why people get away with, you know, murder for temporary insanity. Mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes retaliation mm-hmm. 
it's one of those things that is it's almost primal. Um, I remember Wanda Sykes telling a story about a woman who had like plastic surgery mm-hmm. and all kinds of stuff for her mm-hmm. husband, mm-hmm. and he cheated on her. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine? I'm changing like the structure of my face and my body to make Just sure to that you're happy. That so when in the in the moment she found that out, she mm-hmm. snapped. Wow! And that retaliation wasn't premeditated, preplanned. Yeah. She hit him with a car, over and over again. That's extreme. Get her daughter was in the back seat. And that's how quick that can flip. It's, it's, it's carnal. It's it's an animal instinct. Right. Instinct. Sometimes you just you just go there you and react. it takes over you. I don't think that. Yeah. I'm not saying retaliation is good. Definitely it's a not terrible that. thing. We're gonna get to that. It's a terrible thing. <laughs> no, but um, sometimes <laughs> it's not even about you planning an attack. Sometimes yeah. it is like a primal thing for you to protect or yeah. you know whatever yeah. you have invested yeah. in. And yeah. I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I sometimes one of the best feelings I've ever had is like feeling that revenge mm-hmm. against someone. Mm-hmm. And we can all sit here and say, Oh, it's just put your walk away, mm-hmm. be the bigger person. But I never understood that, that walk away and be the bigger person. Like I love Martin Luther King to death, but I <laughs> definitely related to Malcolm X more. Cause like, I can't think of a situation where somebody harmed me. And I was sitting there thinking, oh, yeah, let me turn my other cheek. You got me fucked up. Let me love them past this. Let me slash your motherfucking cheek. Like, you got me fucked up. Yeah, I know. But I'm working on myself. Just me about some poop. (laughs) I'm a work in progress. We're all works in progress. Make somebody Scarface out here. I'm going to stop trying to beat people up, and you're going to stop sending people. Well, no, I have stopped. Like I was saying about the conversation that you and I had, you... I felt like that wasn't anything wrong. I was like, that's so, when I get mad, I remember you looking of, at me crazy when I was trying to question you I rem- Yes, I remember. And I, I was thinking, someone does me harm, I think I'm being very responsible by not taking it out on them. <laughs> you know, physically, and just doing something just like this is going to give, give me a little jiggle, or I should I say wow, a giggle. Wow, that's crazy. I feel that, though. You felt like that that was the least damaging reaction exactly that you really take it to a different space that way they can get to. you know their gimme mm-hmm. and then i can get my you know my little chuckle yeah and uh then the world is right again hey look i feel that because the way my pettiness is set up is very similar to how yours is set up and we 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 were always ready for retaliation always it's we are we are like quick-witted immediately but it's not it's not the right way to go about things. But I mean, you know, you're designed how you're designed. Tell me that doesn't feel good when somebody says something that zapper just comes right back at them. And you can feel their soul leave their body. I'm not gonna hold you. I be having to hold the zappers back because my zappers have gotten so well trained that I know how vicious they can be. Mm-hmm. So it's like now when people say something to me as witty as I am and as quick as I can say something back that'll shut them down, I just laugh it off because I know if I say what I'm thinking. It could get ugly for all parties involved. You know what I'm saying? So you're saying like you think sometimes it's better not to retaliate because the damage from the retaliation might be worse than the actual crime. Listen, this is this is a lighthearted <laughs> example, but like when my ex girlfriend would like snap on me and make jokes and stuff like that, I would just chill because I know my jokes is gonna come back and they're gonna be torpedoes. Yeah, and they're gonna <laughs> hurt, and then we're gonna have to talk about it, and it's it's, it's gonna be long lasting. So, I, and not just with her, but like with my friends too. Like a lot of times when people snap, I grew up. You know, I'm from the east side. Like, all we do is snap and talk shit. So yeah. it's like, we're bred to be very retaliatory. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And damagingly retaliatory. Like, you better be ready. Not only am I going <laughs> to slam back, but I'm going to say something to make sure you don't want to speak anymore. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Yeah, so it's like, I've learned as an adult to just not say nothing and laugh it off. Right. Because it's for the best. You know what I mean? With my mouth, I've learned that what I feel like you need to hear mm-hmm. isn't always going to be the best thing right now. Because mm-hmm. I might want to say something like like you said, to mm-hmm. to jar you back mm-hmm. to reality, to, sh- mm-hmm. like to make sure you, you understand who you're talking to. 
Um, but sometimes that's going to cost this friendship or this Facts. relationship. Facts. So it's not worth it. It's not. Exactly. That retaliation, exactly. it's not worth it. It's, it's very, very similar with like pride. Yeah. And you guys know I'm a, I'm a life coach. Yeah. Um, so when I have couples that come to me who want me to coach them just as like a, a couple's counselor or something, mm-hmm. I always ask them when, they, when they're talking about arguing or mm-hmm. a miscommunication issue. I always, my first question is, when you guys are arguing, do you find yourself trying to solve problems mm-hmm. or trying to hurt the other person? That's real. And nine times out of ten, they're like, you know, they, they run their conversations back in their head and they're like, that was to hurt him. That mm-hmm. wasn't going to help us solve our problem at all. Mm-hmm. That was just to hurt her. Mm-hmm. That was just to make them, you know, feel worse so and make felt. me feel better. Yeah. To, it, it was just to make me feel better about what they had just said because mm-hmm. somebody escalated it to the next level. Damn. So the retaliation, it feels damn good, but sometimes... You just got to sit back and relax. That's real. That's real. So, I feel that. Speaking of retaliation that isn't worth it, I've prolonged this story long enough. Yes, the fuck you have. So it's time to get on with this story. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> this is a story that I'm not proud of at all. Um, I know it's it's I know it's it, it's a crazy story. Um, so here I go. I was about 14 years old. <clears throat> and no, I'm sorry, I was 15. And at this time, um, I had a lot of anger issues. Uh, I had been through a lot of traumatic situations. I survived the civil war, as we talked about before. And um, I had also lost my virginity at 12. And there was just a lot going on. I was being introduced to adolescence and, and that whole experience. Um, I, had, I found a friend. I moved to a new country and I found a friend. And that friend of mine, he, was, he wasn't as well off as I was. He was a street kid, you know? And he, uh, he would teach me street kid things, you know? Like how to rob people or pickpocket, really. Not even like the gunpoint stuff that I did later on. But this was just like pickpocketing. We would go to the pool hall and, and like rob the pool sharks. Or like we would just all kinds of little, you know, uh, gamble with people and like steal their money and stuff like that. Wait for people to gamble and then like literally just find cool sneaky ways to steal their bread. Um, so basically, <laughs> we, yeah, we would just do all that type of stuff. And he would teach me all of that. And um, he lived with his grandmother and he and his, his, his family was pretty much dead. It was just him and his grandmother. And one night, excuse me, one night um, people that he... While I, while I wasn't with him, he robbed people that were not to be robbed. Um, people of the underworld that should have been, shouldn't have been played with. And those people ran up in his crib. And he there were two rooms in his crib. And they thought they were going into his crib, into his room. But they shot his grandmother. So after they shot his grandmother and realized it wasn't him, they then went to his room and, and killed him. And when I found out about it, um, my, my friends told me that his grandmother was in a hospital. So I went to go see her. And she told me it was my fault that all of this happened. And I was like, how can it be my fault? I wasn't even with him when he messed with these dudes. And he knew not to mess with these dudes. And she was like, yeah, you taught him everything he knows. The problem is wow. that, like, yeah, the problem <laughs> is that, like, grandparents and parents see see their kid through their own eyes, right? Mm-hmm. So if they believe their kid is a good kid, that's what they believe. It right. don't matter what the actual reality is. You know what I'm saying? So, boom. Um, so as she's dying in the hospital, she's telling me it's my fault. And at this time, I was, I was heavily angry. I was smoking a lot of weed. I was I was just really in a, in a bad space in my life. And one of the dudes I bought weed from, um, actually, this was a dude I never bought weed from, but he just happened to be around. He sold me a, a blunt lace with angel dust in it. Wow. And so I smoked it and got really messed up. For like a few days, I was messed up. I ended up having a friend of mine steal... A friend of mine had a father who was a military dude, so I had him steal his father's gun and give it to me. I went and located these dudes that killed my man's grandmother and my boy. And 
when I was led to where these dudes were, uh, I pulled up on them and I shot at them, you know? Um, again, I was 15 years old. I shot at both these dudes and then I dipped off. I didn't wait to see what happened, what, what was going on with them. I just left. And I remember running home to my father and explaining to him what happened. Just explaining the bare minimum. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And my father was like, man, like, my kid is, like, so far gone. Like, <laughs> he didn't realize, you know, because we were a middle class family. Like, things appeared normal on the outside. He didn't realize how deep I would gotten into the street life and all this stuff. And just, like, the angel dust and everything. And so um, I remember my father being like, all right, like, I got to get my kid up out of here. We left that country because of that. I mean, he made up a whole story as to why we left that country. But the real reason we left that country is because of all that craziness. And I went and got therapy. And that's when I really committed to therapy and, and like, learned how to deal with my anger issues and deal with the drug use and all that stuff. And um, I can honestly say that in my heart, I felt like the retaliation was the right thing to do. But I also know that it was the wrong thing to do. Shooting at people is never the answer. Regardless of who they shot, regardless of whatever's going on, that's never the answer. I don't know what ever happened to those dudes. You know what I'm saying? Like, and this was years ago. And I assumed nothing happened because there was never no retaliation. Um, but um, I... You think you missed? I'd like to hope I did. Or, or hopefully I just did enough damage that, like, you know, they recovered, you know? And, yeah. learned, and learned not to play with people. But... Um, Going that far into retaliation and, and those actions is two things I realized. One is that, like, it takes a different toll on your body. It, mm -hmm. is, it takes an unhealthy toll on your body, and there's no reason to ever get to that space. Uh, it, is, it is completely immoral to shoot at people. It is wrong to, to do drugs. It is wrong to, uh, to do heavy drugs, like angel dust and things like that. It's wrong to... Um, to, to feel justified in seeking justice and taking justice in your own hands. And a lot of people aren't prepared to go that length. And when you find yourself prepared to go that length, you realize that, like, it's not worth it. Like, to this day, I don't sleep well because of certain things like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, it lives with you forever. So, like, when I see people glorifying that lifestyle and the thuggery and all that, I'm just like, if you understood the pain that comes with that, if you understood... Like, the desperation, if you understood the sacrifices, if you understood, like, just how not worth it it is, you would never be. I, I When people meet me and they're like, yo, you're not street, you're not a thug dude, I'm happy. Because that I don't want no affiliation to that. Like, I've been there, I know just how not worth it it is. Mm -hmm. You can lose everything in the blink of an eye. And, and all the people that tell you that, oh, this is street cred, this is good, this is, you're a gangster now. None of those people will be there when you're sitting in the jail cell. You, it always you know amazes me that there are still people who subscribe to that kind of lifestyle. It's terrible. Like, all the programs, all the social media, all the inspiration, all the black love that we've been pouring on each other lately. Like, it don't matter. It still amazes me that people are still seeing that as, like, their only option. As like, the ultimate. There, there really has to be. And honestly, I think it is just an environmental thing because... Mm -hmm. Even if you're surrounded by knowledge, you can have a library that you walk past every day every to go day. to, you know, the liquor store or Facts. the corner or whatever you're going to do. Facts. Like, it really doesn't matter. You really just have to want it, I guess. Yeah. It doesn't matter what's out there if you've already convinced yourself that this is it for you. Seek better for yourself. Always seek better. And I, and when I was younger, growing up, I realized, like, I chose the wrong heroes. Dudes, oh. you know what I'm saying? I looked up to the wrong people. People that, like... Glorified. Murder <laughs> 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 Definitely not. Not people like, I mean, God bless them and all that, but not people like that. But just 
the people that I looked up to were people, you know, that um, that would have glorified that kind of behavior. That would have glorified those things. And and I realize as an adult now that there's nothing hip about that. There's nothing cool about that. What's cool is is um, getting a job and and making a livable wage and taking care of the people you love and 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 pursuing your passions. And this is what's cool to me. This is what's gangster to me. It's not gangster to, to be running around with a gun. It's not gangster to be shooting. None of that stuff is cool. And I, I feel like. I just hope that the next generation grows up realizing that and that they realize that like the retaliate the momentary satisfaction you may feel from retaliating will not equate to the lifetime of pain that and pain and loss that you will feel. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> those behaviors and and those instincts are always going to be in me, but I work every day to get rid of that. I work every day to assess situations and to understand how I'm supposed to deal with it and to meet things at the same level that they're at. If somebody yells at me, I ain't got to shoot them. If somebody yells <laughs> wow. at me, I could just yell back. You know what I'm saying? Like it, It's funny because that sounds crazy to me, but that's really how people do it. And I'm from St. Louis where you can get you, shot over a bag of chips. You know that. You know that's I know that it can go so fast. And, it, and you can lose everything. That's yeah. the thing that they don't talk about. When people be like, oh, gangsters, this, gangsters, that. You don't talk about how much you lose trying to live that life. You can lose everything. The girl you love going to be fucking somebody else when you're locked <laughs> up. Your kids are going to call somebody else dad. Daddy, right. Like, your family not going to come see you. People are going to call you every now and again. Everybody's going to live their life and forget about you. So that gangster shit is completely useless. The corporate world is ruthless and it has its, has its own problems. But at the very least, you can build a life around it. And I encourage anybody who's involved in the street life and all that to get 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 past that, move forward. The new gangster is educated. The new the new gangster is financial freedom. The new gangster is starting a business. You know what I'm saying? Like that's gangster. All that other shit is completely, utterly pointless. You know. And like speaking on retaliation, when it comes to just like that lifestyle, mm-hmm. um, I feel like you will be happier in general. Way happier. Like, when you're trying to retaliate against people, you don't realize it because you're so consumed so, with it. You're consumed oh with getting God. even. So, so you forget to to live, to be mm-hmm. happy, to smile. Mm-hmm. And ever since I had that conversation with you when you asked me to stop getting even <laughs> with people, I remember how crazy you sounded to me. Mm-hmm. Like, who is this guy? Mm-hmm. And why does he think that me sending people poop is bad like <laughs> i remember like feeling like that was a crazy way to live yeah to not like yeah. to not get what's yours or yeah. not get that satisfaction yeah. but ever ever since i've basically tried it mm. i've been happier for it and if Way everybody happier. tries to rile me up or get yeah. me upset i'm just like it's not worth it i'm still smiling it's not worth it i'm still smiling you understand? like i'm not about to be and you're not, you're not about to take my energy or even my time at all it's going to take to get on ww Time. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, but listen, time and energy, you said two very important things. It takes time away mm-hmm. from something that you could be doing as valuable, and it takes energy. Your energy, as you get older, you realize how important it's it is precious. to preserve your energy. It really is. It's so priceless. Like, And it's okay to just step away from things. And I wish somebody would have told me that when I was younger, because unfortunately, I grew up around people that were like, you got to meet every single challenge with a challenge. You got to face every, you know, somebody step on your shoe, you better run over their foot. Like, it's it's like, come on, (laughs) like that, that's detrimental. It's where I'm saying. I'm understanding you more now. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm saying like that, that's, and, 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 and don't get it twisted. You will feel times that you're sacrificing for nothing. Like. I can't tell you how many times someone has done something to me and I've thought in my head, man, the old me would have never let this slide. Mm-hmm. The old me would have, you know what I'm saying? That's exactly how I've been you feeling feel lately. You feel tried. You feel tried. I feel like 
They don't even know. You don't, and you that's, don't even that's the know. thing. That's what I try to tell people. The calmest motherfucker, that's the motherfucker that's letting you live. Right, because that's if the they, one you don't want to play with. You don't want to play with them because if they really get at you the way they want to get at you, it's over for you. It's right. good night for you. Recently, like, I had people take this newfound kindness. I don't mm-hmm. want to say newfound. I've been mm-hmm. kind a long time. but Take it for granted. Um, This newfound happiness that yeah. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of. Someone called me radiant the other day. Hey, I like take I'm it. I'm just going to throw it out there. Receive it, baby. I'm just going to throw it, it out there. Receive um, it. My cheeks was glowing. But <laughs> I noticed it. that uh, people were starting to take that happiness that I'm always seem to have. It's like some sort of like weakness. Mm-hmm. Like I won't, you know, go there to defend myself. These motherfuckers. Right. Okay. Like I won't go back to St. Louis on them. You are. Yo, <laughs> but, every now and again, your St. Louis seeps out and I'll be loving it. <laughs> but, and I, but I respect you for keeping it to Right. But it really is an art form That's to like own your emotions right. to feel them yeah. and let them have their place yeah. but to also have that discussion with yourself when it comes to like how if something's going to be worth it or not yes always there's always. energy leeches out there yes and they will bait you they're unhappy with their own lives they will bait you so they just want to you pull to be you in that's a fact to make you want to retaliate against them but the best retaliation silence keep it moving that's it what, what, what Beyonce say Hey. Best revenge is your paper. Like, hey, the that's best the revenge, real shit. The that's best the revenge shit. on somebody it's who's just trying. Success. It's just right yeah. to be successful because Absolutely. because they won't. What they gonna say? Listen, that's the real. Hey, like, people shit. gonna talk where they're doing bad or good. Listen, and all they are gonna do is talk about how they used to know you. Exactly. You understand? Really though, you could be doing really the worst. Though. People will enjoy talking about you. You that's could do the fact. best. People will enjoy acting they like they talk. knew you when you had nothing. That's a fact. People are gonna talk like whenever they're gonna they're gonna keep talking. They're gonna keep trying to bait you in. But I would just say. Focus on your happiness. Focus on yourself and your happiness. You will radiate from within. That's it. Success is the best revenge. Success. And and success however you define success. Exactly. I think my success, this is how I see my success. Mm -hmm. A gigantic blue house with a fireplace in every room. Talk about it. With a dog house on the porch. I like that. Homestead. I like that. Breakfast from my yard. I love that. That's me. I love that. That's what I want. I want space. Yeah. And I want homegrown food. I love that. You know what? While we're talking about success, I want a family. I want, I mean, ideally, I'm going to get back the family I almost had. But in the end, <laughs> I want family. You know what I'm saying? I want family. And you know what? Hold on. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to record this so that I remember exactly what I said is what I want as success. Well, I already recorded this. Right. Yeah, but I mean, I'm going <laughs> to tape it so I remember. All right. Success. For me. I, hopefully, I get back the family I almost had. But if that doesn't happen, I start a new family, and it's me, my beautiful wife, our kids, and I'm making music in a house that I can step away from making music. I can go do a movie or two, but my family is there, and we are all living happily ever after. That is happiness for me. It ain't the club. It ain't running around chasing women. It ain't alcohol. It ain't drugs. It's a beautiful family and a space to create. That success, and I'm chasing that. You're sound like some bullshit to me. <laughs> no, it's, actually, that sounds that sounds beautiful. And I fact. just, um, I just got to that place in my life where I can actually say success looks it looks different for all of us. It's a fact. It really Everybody got to define it. For None themselves. of us acts to be here, and we're all just trying to figure it out. That's a fact. We're really just trying to figure this out. So, when it comes to retaliation, it's simply not worth it. Don't do it. It's just not. It's unhealthy, and we gotta stay focused on being healthy. You understand? Right. So on that note, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna add the song at the end of it. Takers, 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 takers.
All that tough talk, you niggas ain't saying nothing. Bragging about the guns, you niggas ain't busting nothing. When I leave this spot, that's when them pussies start fronting. Running off your mouth, you niggas can't tell me nothing. You tired, nigga. You tired, ho. 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 Taking over this game, player. Uh -huh. Felony on my mind. Sure. I'm down to squeeze on that thing, player. Guns, yeah. bitches, and burners. burners. Gotta keep my bread yeah. up. Hand dog, I ain't forget you, nigga. Tell him I said keep your head up. The pound be running that park. Uh -huh. Come around when it's dark. Uh -huh. About to sleep with them fishes. fishes. Fuck around with them sharks. sharks. Man, I bought man. Yeah. I want chin check, y'all. Caesar, rise up the Winchester. Dutty gun, you got dutty ways. Me and Reap gon' piss on your dutty grave. <laughs> Play your cool, nigga, just behave. It's your lucky day. Shine so bright, bitch, get out my life. Me and Ted drop, we rhyme all night. One five game, doing crime all night. Need a pretty chinny girl that can wine all night. Fuck all day, cause I grind all night. My time to shine, give me the crown. Talk, you niggas ain't saying nothing. Bragging about the guns, you niggas ain't busting nothing. When I leave this spot, that's when them pussies start fronting. Running off your mouth, you niggas can't tell me nothing. You tired, nigga. You tired, You tired, nigga. You tired, Jays on my feet, I hit the motherfucking streets and go crazy with the pack. P80 on my back, that's the rule before you fool to see the jeweler and go stupid. Flying down your ass and something black looking foolish. 40 on the dash, bad bitch with the ass. Burning by my seat, eyes on my enemies. I let that bitch go with any nigga thinking sweet. If it's beef, I cook it. Lifestyle cook it. Bad bitch hook it when I'm done. She's booking, teed up since the fetus. Damn the game leaders. Free my nigga dog while I'm screaming, fuck the love. Up, talk, you niggas ain't saying nothing. Bragging about the guns, you niggas ain't busting nothing. When I leave this spot, that's when the pussies start fronting. Running off your mouth, you niggas can't tell me nothing. You tired, nigga. You tired, you tired, Legendary nigga for a long time Switch your watch to fill up platinum world time And figure the second and hour Flipping by flexing power Next I stress to devour Sweetness in the game I'm sour Mention me now or never Forever very scary Similar to Hail Mary Redid by original artists Lyrically I'm one of the hardest Smartest not to be cocky though G'd up when I re-up Flow gon' boost my feet up To the point where I rest my feet up Bozak, luxury, Bama's on the Bro, ain't touch me, guarantee they ain't rush me Break down, spit them out, down to the point where they dipping out Run the bit off, they long, man, somebody done pull that pimpin' out Just talk, you niggas ain't saying nothing Bragging about the guns, you niggas ain't busting nothing When I leave this spot, that's when them pussies start fronting Running off your mouth, you niggas can't tell me nothing You tired, nigga, you tired, hoe You tired, nigga, you tired, hoe Never trust a no bitch.
level up with no hoes. All my niggas be G'd up, showing out at them shows. Never trusting no bitch, never loving no hoes. All my niggas be G'd up, showing out at them shows. All that tough talk, you niggas ain't saying nothing. Bragging about the guns, you niggas ain't busting nothing. When I leave this spot, that's when them pussies start frontin'.